This morning, uh, I want to welcome you, uh, welcome you home. We're, we're so blessed that you're here. Uh, it's it's Labor Day weekend, and I know there are a lot of people that are out vacationing, and, and, and that's wonderful and that's good, but it's great to have you all here in the room this morning. And there's nothing like assembling together in church. All the other means are good, and they, they fill a place, social media, and we have people probably watching my social media right now, listening to the audio. It's all good, but there is nothing that replaces coming together in the house of the Lord. So thank you for being here and welcome home this morning. I want you to open your Bibles, and I want you to turn, if you would, in your Bibles back to 1 Samuel chapter 8, and then we're also going to be flipping four chapters forward into 1 Samuel chapter 12. Um, you know, uh, there's a song out now, and I, I can't quote the lyrics of the song, but there's a song out now that the storyline of the song is about uh, sometimes we should be thankful that God doesn't give us everything that we ask for. Yeah. Um, but you know, sometimes we pray for things, and we will pray for things that may not be the will of God. And even though they may not be his will for us or for his kingdom in that time, in that moment, in that season, or maybe ever, if we, I believe if we persistently pray to God, I believe, I believe that we have such an influence with God, I believe that oftentimes God will just allow us to have our way. And that's what we find happening here in the verses of Scripture from 1 Samuel chapter 8. I want us to go to verse 4. Now Samuel is an anointed leader of God's people. Samuel wasn't doing anything wrong. Samuel was actually, he was doing a great job, to be honest with you. He was pleasing to God. But all the elders in verse 4, all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, You are old and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us such as all the other nations have. See, up at this point, God has told, God has told his people, You know, I will lead you. You don't need a king. But you see, for some reason, for some reason, humanity has always wanted to, wanted to be like the rest of the world. You know, we still struggle with that today. We str still struggle with that in the church. We still struggle with that in our personal lives. We want to be like everybody else. We were down in Peru, and of course, the, they were. it's a Latino country, and very few people spoke English. Most of them spoke the Hispanic language. <clears throat> Some people could understand a little bit of it, like, you know, Carrie can, and uh, we had a few others. We had interpreters with us. I, when I preached, I had an interpreter by my side. Uh, Rick and Trish used to speak the language when they were in Costa Rica, and there's one of many languages of the world. But, but, but do you realize that even though they couldn't read English and understand English, I kept noticing I saw people with, I saw one guy that had an Atlanta Braves t-shirt on. 
I saw another guy that had on a, uh, a lot of them had on like um, Under Armour shirts and, and Nike shirts and, you know, soccer's a big thing down in Peru. And a lot of them had um, <clears throat> shirts on that reflect our Western culture. They liked it. They didn't have some, they may not have had a clue what it meant, but they liked it. They wanted to be like us. Yeah. And I found that in practically every country that I've, that I've been blessed to go visit over the years. Uh, it seems like for some reason everybody wants to be like us. Well, these people here, uh, uh, that Samuel's been leading for years, now they're saying, hey, we need a king. We need a king. We need to be like the rest of the countries of the world. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he, he prayed to the Lord. And listen to what the Lord told Samuel in verse 7. The Lord said, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not that they have rejected, it's not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. In other words, what God says there, he says, Samuel, go ahead and listen to them, give them their way. You can't take it personal. It's not about you, this is about me. Let them have what they want. I want you to flip over to chapter 12. Same book, 1 Samuel, chapter 12, verse 16. The Lord says, now then stand still and see this great thing the Lord is about to do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest now? I will call on the Lord to send thunder and rain and you will realize what an evil thing you did in the eyes of the Lord when you asked for a king. And then Samuel called on the Lord and that same day the Lord sent thunder and rain so all the people stood in awe of the Lord and of Samuel. <clears throat> I want to preach to you, if you would, for just a few... Uh, let's go on verse 19. I missed that. The people all said to Samuel, Pray to the Lord your God for your servants so that we will not die. For we have added to all our other sins the sin of evil asking for a king. Do not be afraid, Samuel replied. You have done all this evil, yet do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. I want to preach to you making the best of a bad situation. I want to share with you tonight, or this morning, that the background of the circumstance, I already touched on this, Samuel's God's godly judge. He was a godly judge and he ruled well. But the people began to want to be like the rest of the people of the world. They did not want the godly judge, Samuel, to rule over them any longer. So they made the demand of the king. We want to be like other nations. Their desire to have a king was, was visibly, visibly seen and it was audibly heard. But even beyond that, God knew their heart. You see, God gives every one of us a self-will. You have a self-will and I have a self-will. God lets us make decisions. God allows us to have desires. And God allows us to, uh, if you would, to do things of our own, uh, of our own will and our own cognizance. You see, this persistent petition to have their way 
actually reach God. Even though it's not what God wanted for them, it's not what God planned for them, it's not what he had designed, they said, we want our king God. He told Samuel, Samuel, they're not rejecting you, they're, they're rejecting me. So the Lord allowed the people to have their desire, even though that it wasn't his perfect will. I'm a firm believer that, that there are, if you would, allow me to describe it in these, this, these terms, there are two wills of God. There is a perfect will of God, which is his divine will, and then there is a permissive will of God. The permissive will of God comes into play when, when uh, God allows us to have something even though it may not fit into his plan. The perfect will of God, if you would, is, is exactly what God wants for us in time and in place. And the perfect will of God, if you would, will bless the kingdom of God and it will further the kingdom of God while in the permissive will of God most of the time is about selfish motive and about what we want in that moment of life. God will allow us to have our way. He He does that. He does that very often. Somebody says, God, well, why could, how could such a loving God uh, send anybody to hell? Uh, a loving God never sent anybody to hell. A loving God allows us in our, in His permissive will to make our choices. We, these people said, we want a king like all the other nations of the world. And God allowed them to have it. God allows us to make those choices in life. He allows us to decide the things we want. So hell in itself is not about a decision that God makes, but rather it is about a decision that we make. <clears throat> the, all the articles of life, all of the things of life that we experience is not about God making decisions. But all too often, it's about us making decisions and God allowing us to have our way even though he has better for us. But thank God, we see in this illustration, we see a picture of God's love, his grace, and his mercy. Because God reveals himself, as we read in chapter 12, God reveals himself to these people that were just persistent and insisted on having their way. They got their way, but then God reveals himself to them. I want you to understand, many times we have been taught, and I was one of those people that have been taught, and my, my mindset was, I, if I were to, and I'm not an artist, some of y'all may remember Brother Eddie Blankenship. He was one of our preachers from many years ago, and, and Eddie could talk about something and preach about something and draw a picture the whole time he was preaching. I'm not talented in that means. But if I could draw a picture for you about my perception of God many years ago, my perception of God would be some long, white-haired, you know, guy with mustache about like Nathan's, you know, white beard. He, he's like the Ancient of Days, and which he is the Ancient of Days. But he's sitting up on the altar, uh, throne of, on the throne room of heaven, and there... He has like either an iron skillet in one hand and a Louisville slugger in the other hand and he's just waiting for me to mess up so he can conk me over the head and take care of me immediately. That was my perception of God. I was somewhat taught that if you were. Now certainly, I don't downplay that God is a God of judgment. 
God is a God of judgment, but God is a righteous judge. He is full of righteous judgment. God is not a God that is just waiting on us to stumble and fall that he may say, see there, you know, see there, look what you did, went and done, you know. Did that hurt? Did it feel good? Praise the Lord. God is not that type of God. He is not simply waiting on us to crumble and fall so he can look at us and say, I told you so. Okay? But no, God is a God of love. He is a God of grace and he is a God of mercy instead of walking up. And and, and I did leave a red mark on your head, didn't I? I'm sorry. He, he's a God. He's a God of love and he's wanting to grab us and he's wanting to... Right, you know, and, and, and he, he is a God that is wanting to minister to us. And understand this, even though he allowed, he allowed these people to have their way. You want it, you got it, Toyota, right? Have it your way, Burger King. You want it, I'll let you have it. But then God comes along, he comes along four chapters later, and he begins to display his love and his grace and his mercy. I'm sorry. I, I mean, oh Lord. Uh, he, he, he begins to, he begins to just show his love and his mercy and his grace to these people that in an essence rejected him. You know, we can, we can, we can, we can push God out of our lives. We can shove him to the side, sort of blaspheming the Holy Spirit, but that, that God is always going to love us. And he is always going to care for us. And he's always going to have grace. Even when we have pushed him to the farthest extent. And we have rejected him and told him. No, we don't need you or we don't want you any longer. He still comes back in love and mercy. It was not judgment. Listen, all the things that God brought in chapter 12 was not judgment. But rather it was a display of how much I love you. You see, sometimes things are misinterpreted. Some things are, sometimes things are misinterpreted for judgment of God when it's just Him extending His mercy and grace and showing His glory into your presence and showing His glory into your circumstance. Listen to me. I don't, I don't, I don't, I try to stay away from being political, but we live in a country. We live in a country that's a lot like the people that Samuel were leading that was saying, we, we don't need God to rule over us anymore. We can do this on our own. We're a Laodicean country. We're rich. We're rich increased with goods. We don't have need of anything anymore. And, but I want to tell you something. God has not lost his love for this country. God has not lost his grace over this country. God has not lost his mercy over this country. I still believe there may be things that will come that may appear to be judgment, but in, in the midst of it all, it's God's grace and his mercy and his love because God had a love for Israel. God has a love for this nation. God has a love for you and I as believers and followers through and by his son, Jesus Christ. And I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that God himself had no intentions to destroy, but his intention was for a call of repentance. And when I read the Bible, I still find that the scripture says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and will turn from their wicked ways. That involves, it involves humility and it involves submission and it involves repentance. There are three different things, but they're linked together. 
And if we as a people and we as a nation, if we will, we will come to that place where we humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways, I believe the Bible is still true. I believe it's then that we will hear from heaven. I believe it's then he will heal our land. And I believe that, that, that he will forgive us of our sin. Uh, he did that for these, this group of people. God was there. He was calling them to repentance. And I believe God is still calling us to repentance today. And I want you to realize this. And you study the, the depths and the details of this whole situation. And, and I promise you I wasn't going to go an hour and a half. So I can't do that today. While God may not rescue us out of every circumstance, He does call us to serve Him or to worship Him in the circumstances we're in. Now let me tell you, I still believe there's hope for America. Uh, I was tickled to death when we landed. There's, listen... Atlanta is not my favorite airport necessarily by means of being an airport, but I want to tell you something that's most of the time that seems like either that or JFK is what you come back into this country on. But I want to tell you something. There is no better feeling than to land in Atlanta. And you know the little, the little beagles and stuff's going to be sniffing your luggage. And you know you don't have to go through all that line and let them take pictures of you and scan your eyes and all this stuff that they do now. But let me tell you something. There, I, I am so proud to live in this country. I'm so proud to be an American. On this Labor Day weekend, I'm so glad that, that I can celebrate my freedom and live here in this country. This country's got her problems. She's got her difficulties. There's no, need, there's no need to argue about that. And we need, to, we need a country to turn back to God. And I believe there's still hope there. But even if this country doesn't as a whole, even if, the, if this country continues to go down the path that she's been going the last number of years, let me tell you something. In the midst of whatever comes, in the midst of whatever goes, God is still God. And I'm still his child. I'm still his servant. And he is, and he is with me. Sarah and I were talking just recently about, you know, a number of years ago, so there was a, a world catastrophe happened and, and somebody said, well, the reason that happened is because there was so much sin in that area of the world. Listen, I don't buy into that because number one, there were good church, there were good people, good churches, good congregations of people that lived in that same part of the country. Listen, God is faithful, God is good, and, and if this world could turn, this world, this nation we live in, can turn as heathenistic as it can be. But as for me and my house, I'm going to choose to serve the Lord and He will bless me in my circumstance. He will bless me if I have to go up on top of Pinnacle Rock over here to worship. If I have to go and hide in a, an old abandoned coal mine somewhere to worship, God is still going to bless me. He's going to take care of me. And whatever the circumstance is, I want to be faithful to worship my God. So we can go ahead and make choices. The choices may come around to us and God will give us opportunity to repent. Some people's not going to repent, but others will. But whatever happens, I'm going to choose to stay on the right path, on the right course, and serve my God and be faithful to Him and worship Him and praise Him. Listen, what God was saying to Samuel was this. He was saying, Samuel, I want you to understand something, son. He said, this thing ain't about you. He said, this thing's about me. 
They didn't reject me. They, they didn't reject you. They rejected me. Let me tell you something on this journey we're on as a believer. If you're a believer, if you're not a believer, you need to be on that journey this morning. But, but the thing about this journey we're on as believers, whatever, whatever warfare, whatever, in, whatever engagement, whatever we, whatever we find ourselves engaging in, 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 in kingdom purposes, spiritual battles, let me tell you something. If, if I was right, I believe I am, but if, I could be wrong. But if I was right, I believe those, spirit, those fires in that jungle down there last week a uh, week before last now, I believe that was spiritual warfare. <coughs> but you know what? That, 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 that spiritual warfare, it wasn't about me. Now, of course, we, were, we had a team, 26 people down there doing great work, doing a great work there. And I believe there's even a greater work to unfold out of that. But let me tell you something. That, that, was, that, that spiritual warfare wasn't about me. That, that, those jungle fires being set, that wasn't about me. It wasn't about Nathan. It wasn't about Carrie. It wasn't about anybody else. But with those, that, that was about God. That was a tax against the kingdom. And let me tell you something. Whatever's coming your way, don't take it personal. Hmm? Don't take it personal. You make the best of your bad situation and you realize, hey, this is not an attack on me, but this is an attack on the kingdom of God that is within me. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And you're going to be victorious over whatever is coming against you. You're going to prevail. Listen, Samuel, Samuel was making the best of a bad situation. God gave people what they wanted. He let them have it. God comes along and gives them call to repent. And Samuel, Samuel sets up and he begins to share and teach and preach to people what is going on. He was making the best of a bad situation. So if y'all come back, it's the shortest message I think I ever preached. If y'all come back to the music, I want you to know this. Whatever is going on in your life, it may be because of choices that you made. And God said, I'll let you have your choice. It may, it may be because of things that are happening all around you. Choices other people's made. Listen to me. Things may look bad. Things may look, they may look horrible. Your circumstances may be bad. But understand this. God will give space. He is a God of grace. He's a God of love. He's a God of mercy. Of course, he's a God of judgment. But his judgment is righteous. And he is given space for repentance. When God came along and, and ministered in chapter 12, we find that uh, amidst all of that, going back and reiterating, now then stand still and see this great thing the Lord is about to do before your eyes. Samuel called it a, a great thing. A great thing. Listen, there's nothing greater could happen in any of our lives than for the Lord to deal with our hearts. There's nothing greater that could happen in America than a circumstance or an event, whatever you want to categorize it as. There's nothing greater that can happen to America and something that would bring America back to repentance. Nothing. There's nothing that could happen in my life, in your life, any greater than would bring our heart to repentance. We don't always like those things. They're not pleasant. But what the Lord is asking us to do, He's asking us to make the best of a bad situation. 
sometimes there's things in my life, there have been things, and I'm sure there will be things in my future that, that, that sometimes the Lord will, is, is going to chastise me. And he, he, and he is going to deal with my heart. But Lord, let me always come back to repentance. You see, the danger is when you begin to harden your heart. When you harden your heart and, and, and the Lord deals with your heart time and time and time and time again, and your heart is hardened. And, and, and I, I like to think of it as, I like to think of it as, as just, if you've got, if you're one of those people maybe that has, has had hard working hands over the years or, and, and maybe you've got calluses on your hand. Maybe, maybe it's calluses on your feet, but you know, you know what calluses most of the time have come from, from friction. Calluses have come from hands rubbing together or rough or handling a tool or, or walking. But what happens is has that friction occur and the calluses build up. You know what a callus is? A callus is dead skin. That means it's, a, it's skin without feeling. I, I'm not so much there anymore because I don't play the instruments that I used to play. But I used to love to go to the doctor's office back when they just stuck your finger to get blood instead of your arm. And I used to love to go to the, when I'd go to the doctor's office and they'd want to get blood, I'd always give them my left hand because years of playing music, my fingers were all calloused on the end from, from noting the guitar strings. And, 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 and I loved sticking my left hand out and those nurses just keep poking and poking and poking and, and they I don't think you have any blood in you. Well, it's, it's simply because of callous. It was dead skin. There was no life there. There was no blood. Listen, when the Lord deals with our heart time and time and time again, when he, when he, when he chastises us time and time and time and time again, but we fail to surrender to him, what happened is we're, we're, we're passing over. He's passing by our heart one more time. And if we're not real careful, I'm a firm believer that our heart can grow callous. It can grow callous. It, and, 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 you know, calluses don't have feelings. They would stick my finger. I wouldn't even feel it. I just laughed. I thought it was funny. You know, I, I, you know, it just was what I was. But you know, if our heart becomes callous and comes beyond feeling, that we don't want that. No, 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 no. You don't want that at all. But we want our hearts to be soft. We want our hearts to be pliable. And God, if you're dealing with my heart today, I want to yield to you. Don't let me resist you, Lord. Let me make the best of a bad situation. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask you. I always, I always do this. I did. I do this in obedience to the Lord, but I also do it for my friend, my late friend, Pastor Dallas Jewell. On his deathbed, he said, "There were some of us preachers there." He said, "Preach." He said, "Every one of you pastors." He said, "Never end a service without giving an altar call. Make me that promise." And we all promised to Dallas that we would. So on this Labor Day weekend, Sunday, September 2023, if you're in this room and you've never given your heart over to Jesus, and it's an act of faith, if you've never given your heart over to Jesus, I just wonder today, if you'd slip up your hand and I'm not going to embarrass you and say, Preacher, I know I need to give my heart to Jesus. Is there one person in this room? Anybody at all? 
I take it from that that everybody in this room is saved. You're on your way to heaven. You're ready to go. <coughs> and that's a good thing. But this morning, I want to ask you another question. You raise your heads. Now look this way. I want to ask you a question. Are there been some things in your life? Can, can I tell you one more story? I'll be, try to be quick. It's five after I know. I'll try to be quick. A number of years ago, uh, long before I was preaching, okay, I was doing uh, doing music ministry many years, and I I was playing music with a band, a gospel. It was a gospel group, and we we traveled quite a bit. And there was a uh, another uh, band that uh, I had once been a part of, and uh, I really. I wanted to go back and I wanted to be with them. I have to admit, because I like their style of music a little bit better than the one I was playing. And I was just determined I was going to. And I, I made, you know, I was all spiritual about it. I made it a matter of prayer. I prayed about it. But I want to tell you something, and I know none of you have ever done this. I manipulated my prayers. I said, Lord, if Daryl would call me and ask me, I would know that's a sign. I know would know that's a sign for from you, God, that I need to go back over and and, and rejoin their their band, be part of their group. I'll know that, Lord. If you'll just let Daryl call me, well, you know, since I started calling Daryl every day, it wasn't unusual for him to just up and call me back one day. Lord, there's my sign. Now, I know none of y'all ever done anything like that. None of y'all. None of y'all never tried to manipulate your prayers. But listen, just in case you have, I went through a dry season of my life. Because you know what ended up happening? And most of y'all know my love of music. It's been there forever. I went through a spell of about three years, and I didn't have a case. I didn't have a van to throw my case in, a bus to throw my case in or nothing else. Three years I went without playing music with any band at all. But you know whose fault it was? It wasn't God's fault. It was my fault. Because I wasn't satisfied with where He put me and where He wanted me. Sometimes we try to manipulate the plan of God for our life. And maybe you have. But I've got some good news for you. Just make the best of the bad situation that you created. And let God bless you and let God minister to you right where you're at because He will restore to you everything that's been lost. Can we all stand? Fathers, we come to you today, Lord. We worship you and we praise you. We bless you, Lord God. We thank you today, God, that you are ministering and working and getting needs, Lord God, in our lives. And God, today, Lord, I will admit... Lord, I have been hard-headed so many times in my life. Lord, I admit that I have been, Lord, uh, selfish so many times in my life. I've made it about me. I've wanted my way. And I've took measures to make things happen my way. Lord, even though I, Lord, try to manipulate Lord, your purpose and your cause, Lord. I, I realize, Lord Jesus, that many times it has been 
my way and not your way. Even done in kingdom purpose, if you would. But God, you've always been faithful to forgive me. And Lord, though I've had to walk through valleys at different times in my life, Lord, you've restored me. But God, I know if you do that for me, that you're doing that for people in this room this morning. God, if there's somebody, anyone in this room, Lord, that has, that has, Lord, done things their way, they know what you've told them and you've called them to do and you, they know what you've led them into and the direction that you would have them to take. But Lord, uh, Lord, we, we, Lord, I hate to use that word, but Lord, Lord, we're oftentimes a rebellious people. Lord God, and I pray that today, Lord, that you forgive us for any rebellious hearts, rebellious attitudes. And Lord, let us make the best of the situations that we're in now, Lord. Lord, let us, Lord, experience your grace and your mercy and just work in our lives, Lord, as you so choose. Lord, and may our paths be straight. May our feet be set, Lord, on, the, on that righteous pathway, Lord. God, today, forgive us of our sins and our iniquities. And Lord God, let us, Lord, let us fulfill your kingdom purpose. Lord, I pray that we're not just walking in a permissive will. But Lord, we want to be walking in your perfect will. In Jesus' name we pray and ask all these things. Amen and amen.